is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other brother. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody meet and pretty, then on with the show. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Let's put on the show. Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Dis After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome back to the Mouse's Head again. Um, I'm Paul. I'm Nick. And I'm Paul. And it's just the three of us again today, gentlemen. So, uh, oh, welcome back, everyone. How are you all? Doing good. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, right, gentlemen, what are we drinking? Uh, I feel um, I feel winter chill in the air. So, um, I've gone for winter pims. Very nice. Lemonade. Uh, slightly warm. How traditionally English uh, and Epcotian of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mr. D. Uh, I'm the designated driver tonight, so I, I, my uh, Disney connection is Alice in Wonderland, the Mad, the mad Hatter's Tea Party. I'm on, a, I'm on a mug of tea here. Uh, again, we could go down the Epcot connection. Uh, is it Twinings? Uh, no, I think it's Builder's Tea. Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Paris, of course, as well. Yeah. Or Disneyland, yeah. Yeah. the rides, and the teacups. There you go. Oh. All the pots. Multiple connections. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to hazard a guess it's in a mug, though. It is in a mug. <laughs> it's in a Disney mug. That is another Disney connection. That, that, that'll do. That'll One do. that I brought back from Florida from last year. There we go. Uh, well, last time I had Adam's broadside, I gave it a Pirates of the Caribbean theme. But I've decided to even go even more tenuous with the same beer this time and not use the same link twice. Uh, given that the last couple of bands playing at the Eat to the Beat were someone from Styx, who had a track called Come Sail Away, yes, and Christopher Cross, who had Sailing, I've gone for Adam's Broadside. <laughs> 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 and it's a lovely golden beer, so uh, cheers, and welcome back to the Mouse's Head listener. Cheers. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, Right. Should anyone want to join us or send us notes, um, how can they get in contact with the Mousy's Head here? Well, of course, they can visit our website at www.disafterdark.com or they can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. They can also find us on Twitter at disafterdark and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. And at the end of your show notes, I wrote, and they can always find us at micechat.com, but you didn't read that bit, did you, Paul? No, I, I was looking at it a bit like a deer in right the headlights. The the I know, I did. I was looking at it and I thought, hmm, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can also find us on Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and yet yeah, micechat.com. <sighs> right. Yeah, that's it. So uh, that's how to contact us if you really, really want to. And a few people have, which we'll be coming out with later. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, straight on with the show. No guest today. A view of the news with this after dark. Bam, bam, bam. And there's the broadside for you. Uh, right. Um, we've got to make this last today because we haven't got a guest. So, gentlemen, how much news have you got for me? Well, I mean, I've got some news. And I'm sure Paul has got some news, and I'm sure yourself has got some news. Yeah. Um, and I believe. Um, that uh, Paul, you actually have a, a film review. Yep, I, as well. 
Yeah, I did. And I uh, do as well. So um, oh. we'll, we'll come to those at some point. I'm sure that will help drag the show out. I, I, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll try and find a review jingle before too long then. <laughs> get but, the, I mean, uh, the old film film music, the Barry Norman music. See if you can get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you, if you want to start traditional, start with news. Um, I'll, I'll start first. But I actually have some news from uh, Disney and I have some from Universal. Uh, Universal, even not uh, the other thing sounds slightly weird. So, which one would you like to hear first? Uh, go Disney. Go Disney. Disney. Okay. So we've recently been talking about the uh, glow to the show ears, haven't we? Yep. We mentioned it a few weeks ago. Um, right. I don't know if I reported back on it when I was at Disneyland Paris, but I, I reckon there was probably about twenty or thirty pairs on the night that I went to see Disney Dreams. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, not not really taken off, and um, I did look at them. They were cheaper than I thought. I think they were they worked at about nineteen ninety nine euros, but um, they didn't fit my head. Um, I'm not I'm not I haven't got a particularly big head, but obviously um, not big enough for one of the ear hats. So that was a bit of a shame. Um, and what is quite clever, I will give them this, is that they sell them in some of the shops, but also during the, the wait for the parade, they have people coming around with uh, trolleys vlogging them as well so that's quite cool but they recently launched in Florida and that's what I'm talking about tonight um, and what they've done is, as well as having them uh, working with uh, with Dreams is they also now interact with the Osborne Family Lights okay right, at Hollywood Studios now I'm I'm, I'm familiar of, of what that um, the Osborne Lights are I've never actually been able to see them when I've been out there I've always been out there too early um, so I've never seen them in person but they are very impressive but I think what is clever is it's giving them another purpose and I think that's quite key when you're trying to flog merchandise unfortunately with, with Disneyland Paris the only thing that those ears will interact with is uh, Disney Dreams um, but when you've got other uh, other events that it's going to interact with, I think that's when it's going to be really um, worth your while getting them. So I think the fact that they're trying to incorporate it with other events uh, at the parks means that um, I think it does really have the potential to take off now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they seem to be trying to yeah. apply it. Will the same hat... I wonder if the same hats will work with Dreams that if you then bought them and wore them over to... Disney Perhaps. Disneyland, yeah. they would work with uh, World of Color, and then do they? If any of our listeners know if the World of Color glow with the show ears work cross coast, we'll find out if they work cross continent. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that is, that's a good point actually. Yeah, I wonder if they uh, do, or you have to buy. A, you know, would you end up with three sets of glow with the show ears? Mm. That is a very good point actually. Yeah. I'm not sure how to tempt, I mean, I'm guessing that technology kind of works in a similar way to, um, for those that remember Pal Mickey. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it must work on a similar kind of frequency to that, to be able to interact. Why do they get rid of Pal Mickey? I don't know. So, yeah, I really don't get it. Because they could have expanded that into the um, Phineas and Ferb and the that type of adventure. Yeah. Even Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. I'm sure Pal Mickey could have integrated somehow. Well, I mean, for, just just in case we have listeners that don't know what Power Mickey was, we discovered Power Mickey on our first trip in 2007, and Power Mickey was um, a small to medium-sized, uh, cuddly Mickey doll, um, which talked. But what made it special was it didn't just talk and tell jokes or things like that you might get in a Disney store or something. It actually interacted with the park. So, Pound Mickey, if you um, pressed the button in certain areas, could tell you what the ride times were currently for certain attractions, or would offer you tips while you're walking around. You know, oh, there's only a five-minute queue, now Pirates, now's the time to go, and everything like that. Um, and we'd do other things as well. So, it was a fully interactive... I don't know what that was. No, <laughs> that's, that's a new one. Uh, but it was, it was a fully interactive uh, cuddly toy there. And um, I, think, I think they retailed for about... $50 or something and um, but you can also rent them for the day as well if you want to see for about 15 and we debated about getting one when we was there and in the end didn't because we thought we don't know when we're going to come back then when we did come back three years later 
they'd stopped selling them, but the technology was still alive. So we managed to get one second hand and take it with us. And it, it still worked to an extent, but I think they were, you could see they were trying to um, shut the systems down. Um, and it's just, just weird. It, it seemed to last about three or four years in total. Um, and then was redundant. Um, it's, it's a shame. It was, it was odd. I don't know, you know if it was a cost measure, but I can't say it would have cost that much to to run. Very strange. Yeah, such I mean, a shame. given the sort of latest technology, you think that that would be one that would come back again? Yeah. Maybe, maybe in a you know more sophisticated format. Now they've got maybe, the technology improved. Maybe we should start that as a campaign. Yeah. When that voice came on, I thought that was like pal mickey's revenge i was like <laughs> the ghost of pal mickey yeah <laughs> bring me back <laughs> oh dear i don't i don't know i don't know so uh, yeah strange will they work? My, who knows i just ruined my soapbox for tonight now yeah excellent ah mr d um a few little things um i think uh the Seven Dwarfs main train has been they've been test test running that now. I think it's I think it said its first test drive this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like they're they're getting ready to uh well I don't know when soft open is gonna be, but it can't be that far away you wouldn't think. Mm. No. Uh, I reckon they're putting right until after the holidays. Yeah. No, mm. they're right. They'll probably wait till it starts to get quieter again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean it definitely sounds like it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it'll be open by the time I get out there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I think I think that's a given. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Ah, oh, dear. Well, in the Hollywood Studios, uh, and I've called it by its current name. Um, for those who haven't been for a few years, in the Disney MGM Studios, <laughs> at the entrance there is a Sid Quahangas, one of a kind, the collectibles shop. Next door to Sid Kahuna's. Yeah, that'd be the one. Yeah. Um, well, the, the front porch of that got turned into a the, the My Magic Plus kiosk area, uh, and now they've expanded that into the entire shop. So the collectibles Sid shop is not there anymore. What? If you want to buy your your collectibles and your one-off items. It's in the AFI shop, which is at the end of the um, backstage tour. All oh, right, they've moved it then. So, yeah, if you want to buy any, have you bought anything from that particular shop? No, but I like looking. They got some. They got oh, some nice stuff. I love looking, and then you think, oh wow, they've got like Harrison Ford as Han Solo signed photograph. Fantastic. I'm not paying that much for it. Yeah, maybe we're just not as starstruck as some people. It's like I've got to have a piece of paper signed by Harrison Ford. I mean, it's it is, it is a good. It was a really good shop for that kind yeah. of thing. Right? I mean, yeah, the prices were a bit crazy, but then you know, both that kind of market for things like that, you know, you can understand it. Um, but yeah, what a shame. I really like that. It's it, you know that kind of goes back to what I said at Disneyland Paris a few weeks ago about the identities of the shops. Yeah. yeah. All being very samey. That was one of those shops that was a complete one-off across the whole uh, park. Yeah. Uh, and by park, I actually mean all the parks, um, the whole land um, that it's on, if you will, because there was no other shop that sold that kind of stuff. Wasn't there a collectible, or isn't there a collectible shop still in downtown Disney? Stop, like, making me look like an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to remember. No, there was there, no. Actually, you're right. There was one um, which did uh, like things like props yeah. and sign things, and that has now become. I think that has become mismatched or something. Mismatched. It became a sock shop That's for what, teenagers. One, was it there or, or was it? I thought I can't remember exactly where it was. It's a, no, it was. It was. It was on that side. It was because that that whole bit changed because the first one we went that was there and then you had Virgin Megastore which was awesome and, and then the next time we went it was it was a sock shop and then what was Virgin was then uh, the I was the car thing there used to be a Something specialist guitar by... shop as well which I loved going in and then went back and it wasn't there mm. so I don't know perhaps no one yeah. goes to Disney World thinking yeah I've got to buy myself a specialist one-off guitar <laughs> <laughs> Not even me. Black Les Paul. Oh, aye, aye. <laughs> I might have to make one of those. I've started doing that as a hobby. 
I'm amateur Luthia. <laughs> Which is not somewhere in Spain. Ah, uh, dear, I bet. Uh, that, that's kind of the one I found. Uh, yeah. The, um, the, the, the uh, charge that they were going to inflict for dining reservations mm-hmm. that's been that's been pushed out a little bit so they were so for table service restaurants they were going to charge a $10 cancellation fee so if you if you book mm-hmm. an ADR and then you don't turn up you get hit with $10 if you don't cancel within 24 hours or, or more than 24 hours I think but it looks like that's not going to start for another week or so um, so just beware anybody gone next year that um, that that will be the case it was the case in the signature restaurants I think but now it's going to be for for any table service restaurant ten dollar per head okay okay I don't I don't know how uh, I feel about that I, I, I like the idea of actually having a cancellation charge because I wonder exactly how many people and I've read food reports and trip reports on various forums where someone has made something like 48 reservations on a dining plan in the case of a five-day holiday. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was like, well, because I don't know what park I'm going to be in at any time, so I'll reserve that, I'll reserve that, reserve that. And I'll put good money that says they didn't bother cancelling any of them. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, that's that's time that someone could have had a walk-in, and that's usually me because I can't be bothered to make reservations. <laughs> I did actually. That's a good point. We did um, on a honeymoon. We did book uh, the Cilier, Um and because of time constraints and um, also looking at the menu, was a little bit not too sure about it. We decided not to have our reservation. So that you're right. I mean, with that, there wasn't a cancellation. I think there was with. I'm sure there was with some of them. I'm sure Cinderella's Castle in California Grill. I had. Mm. a fee I actually right. almost put down like a deposit um, yeah. which was non-refundable but I didn't with, with that one and we didn't end up going to it so I'm, I'm slightly guilty for that but that was that was one out of all the ones that we, we had I mean we, we we didn't put that many um, at the time I think have changed a little bit now but um, purely because we for that reason we weren't particularly sure what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it um, but I, I think the attitude of, of somebody like that and I'm sure there are plenty of people who do that unfortunately uh, just booking things just hoping they might be there at the time is yeah. a bit crazy you know we the reservations we did book we made sure that day we was going to be going to that park otherwise we just kind of went with the flow yeah the so, I mean, what last time we took the kids out there a couple of years ago, we did make a few reservations. I joke about not making any of them. Uh, and one of them was in Mama Melrose's, and I completely forgot it was Star Wars weekend. And there was just no way we were going to actually even get into the park and get any rides done with the two yeah. Littlands. So, yeah, we cancelled that one and shipped across to Epcot. So, that's all right. That's all right. Speaking of Star Wars weekends. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with Star Wars weekends, but Star Wars in general. Hang on, well, hang on. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll in. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah I've, I've got a new episode. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars weekends, this is nothing to do with them. Uh, no, Star Wars related. Uh, no more news than we kind of had already guessed and understood. But in an interview with Bloomberg TV, Bob Iger has confirmed that Star Wars attractions are coming to its theme parks. Yes. Beginning mm. with its US destinations. But he used the phrase, it's probably likely that Star Wars will be more than just our two domestic parks. Yeah. So, doing a little victory dance. However, it's kind of nothing new. We kind of knew it already. Yeah. But no, I think you're right. I mean, I I saw that. um, I didn't actually watch the interview because what more do you need to hear? (laughs) To be be completely honest. Yeah. but yeah, I saw that and thought, you know, wonderful news. Um, it is what you want to hear. Um, and yeah, you, you, yeah, just just get a move on with it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, still no dates or timelines for it. Um, yeah, they reckon summer 2015 for Star Wars Episode Seven, um, but then they also think that over, no, it's, over, it's the, moved, uh, yeah, it? over the holiday period, they mm. well, they they noticed the. Uh, good performance of Avatar during the December period so they figured they use it do it later 
I like the way they've used that uh, analogy when really it's the fact that they've just sat the original script consultant yeah. or script writer <laughs> and got a new one in. But like, nothing to do with that delay. <laughs> Actually, and, and I'm going to... I reckon it's even almost getting someone from Disney to actually like say, well, uh, Avatar had a strong performance, so um, so uh, that's justifying us putting it in Animal Kingdom. And look how well Tron Legacy did in the same time style. Oh, we didn't put that in the book. Yeah, <laughs> which came out the exact same time of year as Ava, almost to the weekend that Avatar did the previous year and did about um, domestically quarter of the business. Yeah. Or something, yeah. if that. Pretty, pretty easy that. Um, and, and let me point out, Shaw Legacy actually made money. It's fine. It did about 500 million. It wasn't a flop. It wasn't John Carson. It wasn't Lone Ranger. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, on the Star Wars uh, front and dates and everything like that, last weekend, um, I had a conversation with uh, a couple of friends of mine that were over and uh, my wife about Star Wars. Um, and uh, she said to me, oh, what do you think the new Star Wars film will come out? And it had just been after they announced the change of release date. So I said, oh, I think it's the 8th of December 2015. And um, she went, all right, but when's it really coming out? <laughs> as, if I, as if I just plucked a figure out of the air for no reason. <laughs> then bearing in mind, okay, she's seen, she's seen the six Star Wars films that everyone has seen. You know, the ones they've actually made, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she knows this one is episode seven. And then she went, is that, is that thing going to be that I really like that no one else likes? And I said, what, Jar Jar Binks? She said, yeah. Is it going to be in episode seven? And I said, well, considering he wasn't in four, five, and six, no. And she went, well, you know, what if episode like, seven is set before episode one? Yeah, <laughs> maths fail somewhere. So, so you, you obviously haven't heard that the new working title is Return of the Bink. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, she will love that. She will love that. As long as Boss Nass is in it, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, I actually got a signed picture of uh, Brian Blessed as Boss Nass. Yeah. Uh, years ago, he was a great guy. Really nice guy. Shall I hit the Gordons alive? Just for the hell of it again. Yeah, why not? Gordon's alive! Because he gets a mention every now and then. So. Yeah. It does. That, that Brian Blessed thing pops still not anywhere <laughs> near it's being completed. Blessed um, Land. Blessed Land. Blessed Actually, Blessed that Land. sounds like a completely different theme park, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ned Flanders approves. Um, so, um, going off, we've had a lot of Disney news for the change. It's really good. But um, you're kind of going back to um, the rival park in Florida, of course, Universal Studios, the, the, the main one. Um, they've, they've announced some more upgrades. Now, these have really interested me. We've obviously talked before about the amount of money being invested every year and the improvements and new attractions they're bringing in. But they've announced, um, or there's permits for new projection systems on the Simpsons ride as well as uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Forest. Uh, Forbidden Journey, sorry. Wow, that needs an upgrade already? Well, this is what I'm saying. Now, uh, Simpsons opened in uh, 2008, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously Harry Potter opened up in uh, 2010. So they're not particularly old, and already they're upgrading the projection system. Now, it made sense with Spider-Man, because that projection system was very old, 1999, going about 10 years, uh, 11 years by the time they upgraded it. And also they've made it HD, which it hadn't been before. 4K HD. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that made sense. So it surprises me that they're already looking to replace those systems. I'm surprised at The Simpsons. I'm, I'm not surprised that they're doing something with the Harry Potter projection system because it is really dark. You know, I don't know if I don't know it if you've is. noticed that, but you yep. know, when we keep, when we saw it the first time, we didn't really notice it. Then we went back again, and you know, just just really dark, and it, you know, definitely needs some work. It's a great ride. When you went back again, well, yeah, he's, he's just rubbing it in now, isn't he, Nick? <laughs> Hey, look, I've been on it. I went on it twice myself. Um, oh, oh, right, okay, just me <laughs> yeah, then. No, sorry. It's just, the- it's just you that's a loser here, yeah. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, Paul, it is called a dark ride. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's still... No, it is, I mean, I, I, I will, I'll vouch for that as well. Um, 
you know, I, it is a very dark ride. Um, and if that's what the re- if that's the reason for the upgrade, I'm all for it. Um, with the Simpsons, the Simpsons is one of the I think because of how vibrant the animation is, possibly, but it's one of the better 3D attractions I've seen. Yeah. Um, in that, um, it's not 3D, is it? Uh, it's motion simulator. No, it's not 3D. Yeah, no, it's not 3D. No, it's, Unless it's maybe not. that's are they going to? No, no, no. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know if you'd want to. Really. Well, actually, I suppose it with Star Wars. I, I don't. He didn't say he'll convert it into 3D. So it's just me being an idiot. But um, I mean that, and that's pretty explains why it's so vibrant. It's not in 3D. It's not done down. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's very. It, it grabs the attention. It's very colourful. Very bright. Um, and all right, I, you know, I went in 2010 to see it. But, um, you know, it's only a few years past that, and I, I, don't, I can't see how it degraded to a point they've had to upgrade the system. So, unless maybe, um, as you pointed out with, with Spider-Man, if it wasn't 4K when they installed it and they're looking to upgrade it to 4K projection, mm. kind of makes sense, I suppose. But that's the only thing I, I think that uh, would make it worth their while doing. Very strange. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Spending but, lots yes, of money, though, aren't they? Well, yeah, that's it. Maybe it's a case of, well, we've got a bit of money in the back burner. What should we do with it? You know, it might be on a, a, you know, might use it or lose it kind of play. It'd be nice to see them uh, upgrading soaring over California. That badly needs it. <laughs> the projection system. Yeah. Is it the projection system or is it the actual screen? Yeah, I don't know. But it, 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 needs, it needs a good clean. Yeah. Just get a bit of lens cloth on it. be fine. Yeah, spit and polish. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. oh, well, I think is, is that enough news? I think that maybe. We, yeah, I we, think we I used think, ourselves out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's all my news. Ah, fantastic. See, I, I hadn't planned on the um, the film review, so uh, should we go straight into that, or, or should we do the championship first? So, well, 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 I didn't well, know what the listeners wanted. Yeah, to, well, no one has complained about it yet. But then I hadn't noticed the drop off in the figures either, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, tell you what, uh, gentlemen, you've been to the f- you've be- both been to the movies. Um, flip a coin, see who goes first. See, I found it. Oh, excellent! <laughs> it's only fifty-eight. It's only, it's only fifty-eight seconds. So uh, yeah, go on. What movies have you been to see, guys? Well, I have been to see a Disney film. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you've been to see a documentary. Yep. Um, I don't mind. Do you want to go first? or Let's go documentary first. Okay. So, I'm going to wait for that music. Yeah, go on. you got you got 20 seconds left. So, um, yeah. You've been oh, to see... Okay. You've been to, I, know, I know, it's great. Isn't it? I just want pickled onions to, uh, to do this segment as well. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, get some popcorn ready. I don't know. Ah, anyway, that's enough of that. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, the movie that I went to see was called Blackfish. Um, and it's it's basically the, a documentary about a killer whale. And it's one of the killer whales that you see in the Shamu show at uh, SeaWorld and Universal. The killer whale is actually called Tilikum. That's, that's its name. And um, you couldn't... It's, it's quite a... A kind of sober film. Um, it, it talks about the history of Tilikum and the whole background to it is there was a, a trainer killed at SeaWorld a while ago. Um, but the tragedy of Dawn Branch show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it the the documentary actually goes back in time to how they trap the killer whales take the, the, the baby killer whales away from the mothers, which is totally alien to how killer whales actually exist in the wild. So the mother, the, the babies stay with the mother for the whole of their life um, in pods. But they take the babies away and they they put them into parks like SeaWorld. And it's a very anti-SeaWorld documentary. Um, and it... it it tells you the history of Tilikum, and it turns out that Tilikum's actually been involved in a couple of fatalities, three really, um, oh. and the the one in SeaWorld was was the last of the three. Now, I'm not saying that um, you know that Tilikum 
killed all three people, but the evidence seems to point in that direction, or at least that's what that's what's presented. But it's it's really um, there's a number of SeaWorld uh, trainers who talk on the film, and current uh, SeaWorld trainers or kind of ex SeaWorld. X, yeah, all four of them I think are ex. And they, they kind of talk about their experiences and what they saw and what they heard. And um, at, at the end of it, you're left feeling, you know, quite dubious about um, SeaWorld and some of its practices. Um, now, I guess everybody's got to make up their own mind about it. Uh, and that's and they're presenting one side of the argument. Um, allegedly, they asked SeaWorld to comment on the movie and, and SeaWorld declined. Um and it, it it just you know it doesn't portray SeaWorld in a good light at all. Um, well made movie, um, quite you know quite grim in parts. You know particularly when they they don't go into any graphic details about the accident, but um, there's enough there that you could tell it was a terrible accident, uh, quite traumatic for the people who who witnessed it, and people did actually witness it. Um, and and just a lot of other information about about SeaWorld and how they handled it and you know some of the things that they um, that they said and did um, I guess were being disputed by the documentary. So I tried to keep an open mind, you know, try to remember that this was was one side of the story. But but certainly, you know, coming out of it, I was left with with some doubts, and we were quite lucky. The film was actually hosted by the Born Free Foundation, okay. and that's um, Virginia McKenna. So you know, Born Free, the Lions, and she was actually there. In fact, she was sitting right, right beside us. Um, not that, not that we're, you know, BFFs or anything like that, but we did say hello. Uh, but they also had her son, who who runs that foundation, and then they had one of the four SeaWorld trainers there. And at the end of the film, or after the film, she uh, did a Q and A session, and uh, it was quite interesting. You know, she uh, she spoke well and uh, put her side of the argument across quite well. And then the next morning, they were actually on BBC uh, Breakfast TV uh, talking about the film. So, uh, I, you know, well made film, well made documentary, quite sobering. You know. Leaves me in some doubts about whether I would go back to Sea World again. I think hmm. that's what I was going to ask you actually, because I mean, I I heard about this documentary a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, and I, I kind of uh, followed it ever since, um, to, to, waiting for it to come out in the UK, um, and so I, I was quite interested to to see it, and and obviously that was my thing was I wonder how I feel afterwards about uh, going to Sea World. And the fact that they haven't commented on it, I think, is uh, is a shame. Um, and I wonder if it's because they just don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's also. I don't know if the investigation into the fatalities concluded. Um, I don't think it has. So, I guess they've got ongoing legal proceedings. So they're probably being very very cagey about about what they see in public um yeah that very possible yeah the litigious society mm-hmm. yeah no so a bit of a different movie serious movie um you know but uh interesting well there you, go. you can't say we don't ever cover sea world there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll cover it in a positive light at one point yeah now, um it, that was that was um recently shown in america on cnn Right, actually, okay. so a lot of people on cable were able to see it, and as I said, I've been keeping an eye um, over in the UK to see when uh, it was being released. I think it came out on DVD um, last week for those interested. However, um, I then found absolutely by chance, actually, more than anything else, um, that uh, it's actually on in the UK this week on BBC Four. Right. Oh. Uh, in the UK I think uh, it's on Thursday night which will be the 21st of November okay um, at 9 o'clock it's it's part I think it's part of Horizons or something it's not actually it's called Blackfish but if you're looking on a TV guide it might say something else before before uh, saying 
Blackfish or whatever documentary strand it's being shown as part of. Um, and it's an hour and uh, 20 minutes or so, an hour and a half. So it's going to be a similar link to, the, to what you saw as well, Paul. Yeah, um, that's about right. Yeah. So if anyone in the UK that uh, wants to see if uh, you agree with Paul or, or want to just see the documentary yourself, then, um, yeah, it's on BBC4 this week. Well, that's good, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And on the flip side of that coin, Nick, what have you seen this week? Yes, well, I was lucky enough today to go and see uh, an advanced screening of um, the, the film that people are claiming to be a Disney Oscar contender. Okay. No, not Tron 3. They haven't made that yet. <laughs> <laughs> or even The Lone Final, Ranger. <laughs> Phenomation the movie. Phenomation the movie. <laughs> uh, give it time. They'll, they'll sing you something. Um, no, it was actually Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So, now this, I've only just realised this has actually been bumped up because originally this wasn't scheduled to be released in the UK until January. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's now coming out in, I think, two weeks. It's the end yeah. of November it's coming out in the UK now. So, um, Christmas holidays. <laughs> well, the reason it's coming out in America at that time of year is um, more to do with the fact it's uh, prime Oscar season. <laughs> Late November to early December is the time to launch a film if you want it to be considered for Oscars. Um, the feeling being it's just before the window closes on release dates, and it then means that your film is, is really fresh in the mind. Yep. So uh, prime time for that. Um, and, and yeah, so obviously uh, I'm sure most people are aware of the story, but um, it's uh, it's Tom Hanks as uh, Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers, who uh, was the author of The Book of Mary Poppins. And it is uh, it's about the, the 20-year struggle uh, that Walt Disney had trying to obtain the rights to film uh, Mary Poppins. 20 years. Yeah. He, uh, he's, his daughters were reading it when they were children and he promised them that he would make a film version of it and he twi- tried every year for 20 years to get the rights and failed. Um, and it then, so the film is really about the obviously successful attempt that they, they had. Um, it's, it's got a good cast. Um, not everyone is famous in it, although it'll have a lot of people that you'll be able to recognise some things if you would be able to name them. Um, so people like BJ Novak, um, Bradley, uh, Whitmore, nah, I wish, uh, Jason uh, Schwartzman as well. Uh, they play the, the Sherman brothers, BJ Novak and him, um, and they're very good. And um, Colin Farrell plays uh, P.L. Travers's uh, mum in flashbacks because uh, it, the film's quite a, a lot about her story. Uh, hang on, Colin Farrell plays his mum, plays P.L. Trouble's mum in flashbacks. Yes. Oh, Dad, sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I was just yeah, confirming that. Yeah, <laughs> in drag, in drag. Um, he's actually quite good, actually. I'm not, uh, well, my wife hates Colin Farrell. I'm not a big fan, but he's uh, he's pretty good. Um, now, I was very interested in this film. I, I think I've mentioned it before. I've I've read up on the actual story of, of, of this incident and what happened. And... Um, Hill Travers was very uh, dismayed with the final result of the film, so much so that um, she wouldn't release the film rights to anybody, Walt Disney or any other film company, for the other books that she did with Mary Poppins uh, as a central character, uh, for fear of them kind of ruining it in the same kind of way. And it is sugar-coated. You know, it's, it's an entertainment film at the end of the day, but... It doesn't try and portray that everything was rosy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and uh, and I think they, they kind of covered it quite well without making anyone look too bad um, out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought a very entertaining film. Um, Emma Thompson was phenomenal. And uh, Tom Hanks, I mean, Tom Hanks is, is normally good in films anyway. And I think he's, he's Walt Disney is probably as good as you're going to get. Um, from an actor I couldn't think of anyone else playing the role really and doing it as well as he did um, but um, it was you know it had some very light hearted moments in it um, some quiet uh, tear jerky kind of things you know absolutely ideal for something they're trying to promote with the Oscars um, and, and was really entertaining it's not your typical Disney film at all um, in fact it was uh, co-produced with, the, with BBC Films 
Mm. I saw in the credits as well, which yeah. I thought was quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do recommend it. I definitely recommend seeing it. Um, it's uh, an entertaining two and a bit hours. Two and a bit hours? Yeah. It's definitely, All right. definitely want to see that. It's, 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 it's on my list of things. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing is, it's not really a kids' film. The kids aren't going to get much out of it because it's a, you know, it's grown-ups talking. So it's talk down to kids, <laughs> but it's, it's very much a grown-up talking kind of film. So they're not going to get too much out of it. But um, yeah, adults definitely, and anyone that loves Mary Poppins, it's it does make you think about it in a different way. I think so. It's good. Is it an Oscar contender? Who's the Oscar contender? Would you say, Nick? Uh, Emma, Emma by, by far. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she, I mean, she was just great in it. Um, I think people are talking about Tom Hanks. I don't really see it. I was, I said he was very good, mm-hmm. but I just don't see there was enough of the role that yeah. he would he would do. They're talking about um, Paul Giamatti. Um, he plays her driver uh, right. in California, and he's quite pivotal to parts in the film. Um, they obviously get quite a, a, a strong relationship going during the film, that strong friendship, and um, and I think people would talk about him as like best supporting actor or something. Yeah. Personally, I don't think he did enough. Um, he's a, again a very good actor, but I've seen him do more better in other films. Yeah. Uh, but I do think um, possibly a nomination for best director. I can potentially see that. As I said, it, it, it does feel very much like an Oscar. Um, contender in, in the kind of things that they go for uh, so I, I think that's what they've, they've gone out and made it is a film with that in mind um, it's, it's not going to win anything the best original song I'll tell you that much did <laughs> 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 that shit sound about 50 years ago <laughs> I, I guess I guess technically they, yeah, they're not that original but no. no not anymore do, do um, they actually show do they get up as far as the actual filming of Mary Poppins you don't, or if they go as far as that's it, we've got the rights, story over. No, I mean it does uh, not to, to kind of end it, but uh, not not to kind of spoil the ending. But um, you, you know, it, it goes up to the release of the film. You don't see the production of the actual film, mm. um, but obviously a lot of what you see is um, the discussions with the Sherman brothers about the songs because she did not want any musical numbers in it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of lost that battle, as I think you can see. Um, <laughs> and so it's quite funny seeing her reactions to, to songs and everything like that. Um, and also about some of the casting choices. Um, she was very much against, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's for entertainment purposes or legitimately she was, but she was very much against the casting of Dick Van Dyke. And there's mm-hmm. a nice little joke in there um, about, uh, I think Disney um, declares him as a, as a genius. And she says, um, you know, Olivier. Guinness, you know these are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's obviously not up to that standard. Um, she must have already heard his cockney accent. Um, <laughs> I guess it led to that. And there are some very good um, Disney in jokes in there as well. So fans of, you know, long-time fans of Disney will get little things in there. Very nice, and it's it's one of those lines that is completely off the cuff and probably goes over the heads of, of most people when they see it because it was such a short, simple exchange. But there's a there's a, a very um, short few seconds scene of her holding a plush at Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and she just <laughs> shakes her head and says, "Poor A.A. Milne." <sighs> Um, <laughs> you know and it, it, it's things like that and that's what I mean like they've they've sugarcoated as much as they can do but at the same time yeah. they've not tried to pretend that this woman was really happy to sign off the rights to a character that she loved and just kind of rolled over it, you know it, it does kind of look at um, what didn't go right and there was quite a lot that didn't so it's it's a good film it's a mm. good film yeah looking forward to seeing it uh-huh. a couple of weeks Oh, yeah, come on. There's a, there's a couple of other films been filmed actually at Magic Kingdom recently, haven't there? One completely cowboy run and gun shooting. Gorilla, yeah. Gorilla filmmaking. Yeah. Um, bit of a horror. Well, I don't know, horror thriller, something or other. Psycho babble type. This is um, Escape from Tomorrow. You're talking about, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that's been filmed kind of surreptitiously, and yeah, Disney. Are, I don't know what they're doing about that one. Whether they're actually, saying, 
absolutely nothing. It's yeah, quite yeah. interesting. Um, I've been following this as well. Um, and it came out about a month and a half ago, I think, on a limited release. And um, I actually heard the, the director being interviewed on a podcast, and he was saying, you know, up until it was being screened, he was waiting for the cease and desist from Disney. Yeah. Um, but the reviews that have, have actually come out from it have basically said um, Disney have got nothing to worry about. No. Like it's just not a very good movie, um, <laughs> and and for that reason alone, they just thought just just let them go on yeah, with it. Whatever. So the the mm. thing is, as soon as as soon as Disney jump in there and go, here's cease and desist. You're giving the film publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I don't think they actually reference things in it properly. Mm. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think they they mention things by name, from what I understand. Um, but the legal team have obviously thought it's going to cause more damage than good by them actually um, trying to make a point of it. Yeah. So instead so of just said let them get on with it, and yeah, it's not really done anything. So um, they they were obviously right to let it go. <laughs> yeah. There's enough home videos up on YouTube of Disney World. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I think that's how they got away with it as well. Yeah. They, they have a particularly big crew, and you know, unless you've got really professional-looking cameras, and I'm talking about you and your VHS <laughs> yeah. bulky thing from the eighties, um, they're probably not going to question uh, that. Uh, what else have, has been filmed in there recently? Is it Brad Bird's Tomorrowland? Yes, of course. How do we not mention that in the news? They, they yeah, were the... filming it at the Carousel of Progress. Yes, they were. They were. I don't think George Clooney was on set, who's the uh, the lead in that film. But um, yeah, they were. And uh, there, there's some photos out about that for anyone that's that's um, interested. They're out there on the net. Yeah. Um, the, the irony of filming a film called Tomorrowland in Tomorrowland, but it's not actually about Disney World well, or any kind. Of, it's more about the World's it, Fair, isn't it? We. This is it. We think. Yeah, we believe. Um, no one, no one knows anything really about this film. That's kind of the problem. They're trying to keep it so secret. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And of course, Castle of Progress was at the World's Fair, so that kind of would make sense. Um, and also, it's a nice chilled out shoot because it's so well air conditioned in there. Yeah, just said before. So um, you know, why not? But uh, yes, that's that's obviously been going on as well. To be honest, I'm still waiting for the um, languishing. Uh, John Favreau Magic Kingdom film. Uh, yeah, not heard much about that. No. Well, I mean, they, they announced it all a few years ago, and it's yeah. all been a bit quiet since. Are they going to try and tie it in with Kingdom Keepers? Or mm. apparently, it's still happening. It's definitely still Fair happening enough. according to him, but being very slow. I'm still waiting for Mr. Ben the movie. So yeah, you've got a long <laughs> wait for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about the uh, what about the Haunted Mansion remake, the uh, Del Toro one? Yeah, that's all going to be quiet as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of hit a hiatus. Yeah, yeah. apparently they can all, get Eddie Murphy to come back and reprise his role. Uh, let's hope. Let's let's hope he has a. He, he doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, poli- as politely as that, um, unless of course they go back in time and get 1980s Eddie Murphy. Where he was still entertaining the funny, then yeah, bring him back. But otherwise, don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> just say that. Other African American comedians are available, and they're much funnier. So, yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock, we're looking at you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a lot of movies. Yeah, that's a big movie talk. We might as well just had this as the movie special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the, the movies and news and padding for time special. Yeah. Ah, I I think actually before we go into some sort of football championship challenge, uh, we should let the pub singer do his thing. Why not? Yeah. Are you ready, pub? Yeah. Take it away. <laughs> Anything you'd want to say with you? Hey, yeah. With your sorry fingers, sing along, everyone. There are people listening to this podcast singing along right now. Let's not. I have at least one. <laughs> I 
I think I've, uh, I think I've discovered his identity. Not possible. Not possible. Yeah, no, I think I think I do. He's he's one of the hound dogs he laid in the tramp. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I've seen. I've seen him in that cartoon. He's, I swear it's a different language. It's the same tune, but it's a different language. He, I, I think he's a superhero. Yeah. We, we've, we've got a pub singer signal outside the mouse's head that we shine up into the sky. It's just a, it's just a half <laughs> half drunk pint. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we shine that, he comes calling. If we ever make this after that, the movie, you're going to have to have subtitles for the sober. <laughs> if, if, I, I think we may have to have a pub singer karaoke evening. <laughs> just, <laughs> how do you subtitle that? That's it, exactly. How do you actually do that? It's amazing. Ah, dear, I oh do. Well, I, no one's complained about it yet, so I'm going to give you guys the minute challenge to, oh to win me right. over on this one. Um, You've got a minute, and seeing as we've talked about it already, and I have yet to experience it, I'm going to give you two Universal Studios rides, and I need you to tell me which one I'm going to go on first. Mr. Dolan, you're up first. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Go. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Well, what is it? Of course, it's a, a raid. It's a dark raid. It's based on uh, one of the Harry Potter movies. Stop, it's actually stop, based stop, on... stop, 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 stop. Yeah. The okay. Wizarding stop. World of Harry Potter is not a raid. Is it not? No. Uh, what would you call it? What's the... the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is the land. It's the land. The dark raid itself is, uh, is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. This is true. Oh, okay, okay. Point to Nick. Carry right. on. So, where is it? Well, it's in uh, Universal Studios uh, Resort, but it's in the uh, Islands of Adventure Park. It's right at the back of the park. And the theme is set around the Goblet of Fire uh, movie, and it is set around the Dragon Challenge. It's a dark ride. Who is it for? Well, it's it's for most people, but maybe not really young kids or people of a nervous disposition. Um, what's it like? It's uh, an unusual ride. Uh, you sit in a bench, you go through a variety of different scenes. Some of them are movie-based, some of them are animatronics. It's quite scary, it's quite dark, it's quite exciting. And there is a rumour that they're going to upgrade the video system. We're not quite sure what that's going to be, but it's going to be a nicer system and it could be the 4K, 3D, super high digital. Is the minute up yet? Yeah, uh, yeah. Good. yeah you're good, you're cleared. Yeah, you're, you're, you're done. I, 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 there was one hesitation. I noticed the hesitation in there, so I gave Nick another point. It was a dramatic pause. A dramatic pause. And, yeah. I, and I'm not sure. Should I change the rules now and say if you go over time, or can you not hear the timer in the background? Oh <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it, it kind of in, in in pools of things, it does kind of fade in and out. So now I think. Okay. I think I think really as the uh, the scorekeeper. You yep. should um, just tell us to shut, shut up shut when up. Um, we're done. And, and just, as, <laughs> just as blatant as that, really. You know, yeah. no man is here. No uh, man is required. Yeah. Shut the front door. Uh, <laughs> well, Nick, you're on two. So you've got to avoid pausing, hesitating, repeating. Yeah. <sighs> the Simpsons, go. Wow, I can't believe you've not been on The Simpsons. The Simpsons is fantastic. Now, The Simpsons ride is based, for those that haven't seen it already, where Back to the Future used to reside in Universal Studios in Florida. I was very unfortunate to never go on Back to the Future. It was a real shame that I never got to go on it. But I've seen the ride movie. It was very good. And I believe when they actually converted it from Back to the Future to The Simpsons, that graded the whole projection system as well as the actual ride mechanics to make it a lot smoother and more fun for everyone. So The Simpsons ride itself, it's a 3D animated film and by that I don't mean you need to wear glasses for it but it's in three dimensions like that Halloween episode The Simpsons and Homer get to get out into the real world it's a very fun ride for all the family it's also got uh, spinning effects as well as uh, shaking about movements and everything like that it's very funny it takes the uh, Michael out of other theme parks around the world and other attractions it's very fun for all the family I recommend it for anyone really whether you're a fan of Simpsons or not. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Did you Pretty notice? Good, though. You, you have the right of appeal, Paul. Did you notice any hesitations or deviations that you want to claim? 
no, the only the only one that was a little bit of repetition about um, suitable for all the family. I think you might have said that twice, but apart I from think, that, it was uh, a good performance. Uh, I think you're right, this. I think uh, you got me there. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Two points. Uh, two points to Nick. One point to Paul. Uh, oh, to the in the bag. Yeah. One, but a championship. Not many people would expect a winner there, but uh, yeah, one by the Simpsons over the uh, that the Harry Potter Forbidden Journey. Yeah, it's a big fair. They're both very good rides, but I mean, yeah. I, I, personally, I would say that the uh, you know the Harry Potter because of the, the uniqueness of the ride would edge it for me in what I'd prefer to go on. But yeah. that's that's how the game is played, unfortunately, people. And, and the chance of me going on only one and not the other while I'm out there. Yeah, it's you got to do them both. <laughs> I'm not going to go. Well, actually, no, Nick that Nick won that one, so I'm not going on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Well, I'll tell you what, good luck for you for not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you reckon the Malabies would come down and beat me to a pulp? Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. I'm bigger yeah. than him. The only thing I've heard about The Simpsons negative is some people, if they don't like uh, motion simulators, they can make them feel a little bit cheesy, but a little bit queasy. But uh, uh, it doesn't bother me, and I think no, it's a cracking ride. Not for me. I mean, I, I think we went it two or three times. Um, yeah, I really, just really liked it. Really good yeah. humour. Uh, no. like the Simpsons would be. That's a 2-1 win to The Simpsons on that round. <sighs> I, I, I'm getting the hang of this game now. I, I, don't, I don't think I'll well, make it a ladder. I'll just throw two out there. Make it. Glad, <laughs> glad you're getting the hang of it. That's good. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Paul, you were very good the first week, and you were good this week. It's just, I'll, you know, yeah. there was just a couple of plot yeah. points I was able to pick out. Oh, so. there we go. Yeah, uh, Nick, it's a fair call. D- did you have anything you you needed to get off your chest this week? Well, you know what, I I have something which even ties in with the theme of tonight's show. In that case, wait up. It's Soap Dishes Soap Take as long as you want. Go. Now, we've already talked tonight about Disney films coming out, uh, such as Save Mr. Banks. We didn't mention Frozen, which is coming out on the 6th of December, but that's obviously coming out very soon as well. Um, and, and actually really good. Had some really good uh, reviews already. However, the next big film after that, and had its trailer debut this week... Is Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Saw the trailer. Angela Jolie. Um, has anyone seen that so far? Yep, saw the trailer, yep. Oh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, personally, I think it does look good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I thought Angela Jolie was, was looking good as Maleficent. She's looking good anyway, but, you know, I think she's ideal for the role. Would you agree with that? Uh, indeed. And uh, if her agent is listening... If she'd like to come into the mouse's head to sit down and have a pint with us at any time. Yeah, because yeah, you know, she needs the publicity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, if Oprah Winfrey can go on about 12 different UK tech shows this week to talk about nothing, I'm yeah. sure that, you know, Angela Jenny wouldn't mind coming on our little podcast. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, put her in a place, but you know, she'd make a third replacement if I couldn't get either Fern Cotton or Holly Willoughby. Exactly. So. Now, I mean, I... I I was expecting something a bit different from the trailer. I still think it looked good, um, but I, I did feel it was uh, there was too many shots from Sleeping Beauty, the animated film, in live action. I wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting something a bit different. I don't know if that's a throw us off the scent or not, because if you think about Alice in Wonderland, for example, the trailers for the live action Alice in Wonderland made you think you were going to get a remake of the cartoon in a lot of ways, whilst the film itself was almost like a sequel or something. It was a totally different story. But that's not my gripe with the film. My gripe is actually with someone you don't really see in the film, uh, in the trailer for the film, and that's Aurora. Okay. Or, or Briar Rose or whoever she's at that point in the film. Briar now, Rose. <laughs> you, you mock. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's the, the person playing it, which is, uh, I believe, Dakota Fanning, um, is playing that role. She narrates, uh, or you, you hear a voice in the trailer, and she has an appalling British accent. Now, are, I we, know... are we talking worse than Keanu Reeves in Dracula? What? Me? And the Dracula? Um, that, that's my generic Keanu Reeves, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I'm on a world soon now. Yeah, it's very good. It's, be- <laughs> it's, very be- much. it's, it's better than his own. What? Me? 
yeah, it's, um, it's, it's slightly scooby doo as well. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's up to that standard, to be fair. But the thing is, you're talking about the main character, really. I know it's, I know it's called Maleficent, but the story's about Sleeping Beauty. And you're talking about the main character in that film, really, having an appalling accent. Jolie does, it, does her accent well, from what I've heard so far. But this is something they really need to sort out. The, the online forums have been going crazy about the trailer, but more importantly, picking that out as the one thing that really blows in the whole thing. Now, they've got time, if they wanted to, really, to re-dub the entire... Jess, yeah, speak in a Californian accent, for God's sake. Yeah, just, the, just the pub just singer's whatever. available for voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> seriously is um, I know wrong film but you get the gist um, but yeah I mean it's just one of those really simple things Hollywood when you're trying to cast for a film try and pick somebody there's loads of actresses out there that could have done an English accent or just yeah. have her from somewhere else have an English actress I didn't, re- didn't realise Brian Rose came from England not Brian Rose. Oh, right, okay. Briar Rose. Oh, sorry. Oh. I, I didn't think that was a girl's name. Have you ever seen Stephen Beauty, for goodness sake? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Aurora. No, well, she, yeah, she is, and she's also Briar Rose, depending on what part of the, the film you're watching. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so Which... Sleeping Beauty is about a schizophrenic... <laughs> uh, it's more to do with uh, her... Um, a schizophrenic narcoleptic. Her, her, family, it, her yeah. family situation at the time. Okay. It's a bit like Sophia. Really? Think, of, think of Sophia the First. She wasn't okay. always Sophia the First. Some would argue she's not even Sophia the First now. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think that's just Disney marketing it. It's finest, to be honest with you. But going back to my friend, <laughs> just find somebody who can do a British accent. Just anyone. As I said, just get someone to do a normal voice and don't try and pretend they're British. It really sucks. It's annoying when you see a British person try and do um, an American accent and they do it badly. But you see that a lot less in films and TV shows than you do an American do a really bad British accent. Yes, Dick Van Dyke, I'm looking at you. Yes, Don Cheadle on Oceans 11, 12 and 13, I'm looking at you as well. As prime examples. And this could potentially go up there. They've still got time to sort this out, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. But as it stands right now, Maleficent the film looks good, but the voice of Aurora, it makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, I understand completely. I'd completely forgotten about Don Cheeto. I'd wiped that from my mind. Oh, join me at the stake, grab that. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. Ke- Keanu Reeves, Dracula. Um, Kevin Costner in... Prince of Thieves. Oh, he didn't even Although try. he didn't even try. Say, that's and that. Chris, did Christian Slater even try as well? Nah, he didn't try. Not and really. also, of course, my favourite is, is Sean Connery in anything. Yeah, we're, we're as guilty. Including yeah. the aforementioned Prince of Thieves when he was the King of England. Yeah, we're, we're, as, we're as guilty of that as anyone else. But as you see, the thing is... Russian, sub, Russian submarine captain? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just Sean Connery in general. Yeah. But if you look at... Um, He's King been Laurie, as, uh, as Dr. House. You know, Americans were convinced he was American. Yeah. And I don't think it's a particularly good accent, but they and obviously did. Andrew Castle from Walking Dead. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Castle, the, the tennis the former tennis player. I don't know, have I got the wrong actress? Do you mean Andrew yeah. Lincoln? That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> You're thinking of Lincoln Castle. <laughs> <laughs> there is a castle in Lincoln. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a superb one. I'm, I'm going to have to do some sort of meme of Andrew Castle in the Walking Dead thing now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and he's strictly come dancing out of it. Oh, I blimey. If anyone to do that meme for us, um, they can do it by visiting our website, www.disafterdark.com, always into a segue, or podcast at disafterdark.com. Yeah, Paul, you're bit. And they can find us on Twitter at DizAfterDark or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DizAfterDark and on MiceChat at MiceChat.com. Yay! And uh, YouTube at DizAfterDark Podcast, um, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Bebo, MySpace, um, eBay. I don't know. 
And while we're, while we're at it, um, I did want to um, just give a shout out to Stephen Maxwell. We mentioned on the show before, uh, Steve, you know that, but um, he, he always sends us really good uh, news stories about things that are going on, including one that we failed to talk about, which was, uh, I just mentioned it briefly in passing, that Harrods in London, for those in the area, are opening up a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique in a week's time, as well as a Disney cafe and um, a Disney store, all going Disney, into Harrods. The Disney cafe is a bit naff. We, we were in there recently. Mm-hmm. It's um yeah, I mean there's some some painted scenes, but they're like um you know that you know you get those ice cream vans where they got like Mickey it looks like Mickey Mouse from the nineteen fifties yeah. painted on the side of the ice cream van. Well <laughs> Harrods Cafe looks a little bit like that. It's it's almost like they haven't got the copyright to actually yeah. use real Disney. So here you go. Have a bit yeah. of that stuff. Well, that's my class. Uh, but Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique will be will be quite good for those that can't get to the parks. Um, they've also said there's going to be a nights uh, service in there for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique for the boys. All right, Obviously, cool. you have the, the pirates version in uh, in Disney World and that. But uh, yeah, so that's a nice little addition, I suppose. A nice family day out if you're in London. So uh, thanks, that Steve. Got to mention that earlier. Yeah, yeah. I I won't be putting my daughters through it because is is Harris still owned by the guy who owns Fulham? Uh, I don't know if he owns I think he might have sold for them actually but yeah Yeah. still uh, still fired out fired fine Uh, I don't know oh we'll give it a go but uh, Disney stop concentrating I'll I'll have a rant if I want Disney stop concentrating on that and do out the rest of your stores like your proper modern Disney stores are yeah good point so yeah Zod Harrods I can't be asked to go to London Uh, gentlemen (laughs) thank you very much for joining me and uh, dear listener yes thank you very much for joining us Uh, stay in contact and we will see you all in two weeks time don't forget to watch Blackfish yeah and also other podcasts available but don't listen to them listen to us yeah thanks so much (laughs) (laughs) see you guys take care Growing older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. This After Dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. I've just noticed that guy says dis after dark, not dis after dark. How many years have we been doing this podcast? I've just noticed that. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We're out. (laughs)